You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. So good, so good to be here. And if you're with me, wherever you are, whether it be at your home or riding a car, watching this, or here in this place, let us go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today I open myself to God's word so I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I'm God's servant, I'm God's powerful champion, and because I am blessed, I am blessing the world in Jesus' name. If you believe that God is here, and if you believe that God is with you, give the Lord a big hand and love Him today. Love Him today. Love Him today. God is here. God is here. God is here. Amen. 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 Woo! Yeah. You can take your seats wherever you are. And today what I want to do is welcome you back to our study of the Gospel of Matthew. For almost two years we've been doing this. And very interesting enough, I'd like to share with you our one big message for today. Our big message for today is you need Jesus to be holy. You need Jesus to be holy. If, 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 you're, if you're, your mom, your dad, your, your, your brother, your sister, your friend is beside you, just tap that person and tell that person, you need Jesus to be holy. You need Jesus to be holy. Let's make it personal. Just say, I need Jesus to be holy. Oh, it's so good. So good. What we're going to do is uh, talk about Matthew 23. And before that, let me tell you a story. I was giving a talk in a Catholic conference in the U.S. four days. On the first day, we had a lunch break. And I walked to a nearby restaurant. Some of the attendees were there eating lunch. And then on the table, in one of the tables, there were four guys, non-Filipinos. They invited me to sit with them. And I said, yes. And we started chit-chatting and got to know each other. And then our conversation went to life goals. One guy said, I want to start my own business. Oh, that's fantastic. That's amazing. Another guy said, you know what? One of my goals is to live in Italy. Whoa, that's great. Wow. And then the other guy said, I, I really liked his goal. He said, I want to start a shelter for the homeless. Wow. And he said, he explained, you know, the, in my city, there are a lot of homeless uh, people walking around on the street, you know, and... And then the fourth guy, he said, my goal is to be holy and to go to heaven. And the three guys who were all his friends, you know, you knew. I mean, I knew they were all friends because what they did was they 
turned to his direction and then bowed in front of him and said, Oh, Master, we are not worthy to be in your presence. And then they laughed. So they knew they were friends. You know, they, they were used to this fourth guy. He was the oldest in that group. So that conference was four days. And so the next day I met them again and then I met them again and I met them again at the back of the room in the hallways. And I enjoyed talking with them. At least I enjoyed talking with the three guys. Ironically, I had a very difficult time talking with the fourth guy, the one who said, my goal is to go to heaven and, and, and be holy. Because every time I talked to him, I'd bump into him, he would talk against the three friends, his three friends. He would say, unlike them, I don't anymore listen to secular music. Unlike them, I no longer watch secular movies. Unlike them, I go to Mass every day and adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament one hour every day. So, so he would look down at them. The other thing why it was so difficult to talk with him was that he was always angry about something, about the culture and the evil of the world and the depravity of mankind and about this and about that, always ranting. So difficult to talk with him. My dear friends, today, the reason why I'm sharing you that story is because we're going to talk about the Pharisees. Because Matthew 23 is all about the Pharisees. Now, can I say this? Pharisees were supposed to be good people. They love God. They're Bible scholars. They devoted their life for God. And I'm telling you, during the time of Jesus, there were four groups, four religious groups. First, the Sadducees. These were the temple priests. And then the Essenes. This was a community of monks in the desert who rejected society. And then you've got the Zealots, religious rebels. And then finally, the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the teachers of the law. Now, can I say this? I'll, in Matthew 23, there are 39 verses. We won't be able to read all of them. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a sampling of what went wrong. The Bible story is about God creating man, us, in his image. Now, image equals representative. Get that? We were not... We didn't do a good job. You know, man didn't do a good job. What God did was he raised up a nation, Israel, to be his representative. It didn't work out as well. They did, they did a poor job. I want you to know that the Pharisees were supposed to be God's representative to the people of Israel. They also didn't do a good job. Now, if you read Matthew 23, we're going to read it in a while, just setting this up for you. Jesus is not the usual Jesus in the rest of the gospel. In the rest of the gospel, Jesus was warm, welcoming. You know, the, good, the, the Samaritan woman, the adulterous woman, the tax collector named Zacchaeus and Matt. You know, very, very accepting and merciful. Chapter 23, oh my gosh. Jesus, he was angry. He, he did not mince words. He called them whitewashed tombstones. And you, 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 you brood of vipers. Whoa! 
Is this the same Jesus that I've been reading the past, past 23, 22 chapters? And the answer is yes. I'll tell you why. Because Jesus loved the Pharisees. But you see, love can be tender and tough depending on what you need. And so today, I'm, this is my prayer. I know you need love. How many of you need love here? <laughs> you need love. Here's my prayer, that you receive the love that you need, whether it be tender or whether it be tough. So if you're with me, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the five things that Jesus did not like about the Pharisees. And the first one is this. They didn't practice what they preached. Can you say that with me? They didn't practice what they preached. So we're going to open in verse 1, chapter 23. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Verse 1. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So Jesus was recognizing their position. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but, but don't follow their example. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with the unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease them. I'm going to read to you verse 27 and 28. What follows? What, what sorrow awaits you, teachers and religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites. Hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. My dear friends, when you say hypocrites, the root word is the same as stage actor. Stage actor. So meaning to say, can I, can I, can I share this a bit? My, mo my wife and I, we watch K-drama. And, and guys tell me, Brother Bo, how can you tolerate the mushiness of K-drama? And I always tell them, you know when we watch K-drama, my wife and I, Whenever she feels killing, and I have no idea what's the English translation of that, when, when she feels killing, she will pepper me with kisses and hugs. How can I complain, huh? So yes, I can tolerate K-drama. One of the K-drama series, very popular in Netflix, is the series Hospital Playlist. It's the story in a series of five very brilliant surgeons now, I want you to know, the actors there are actors. But the way they acted, OMG! Mapapabilib ka! Ang galing nilang mga doktor! You know? Surgeons! But are they really doctors? No. They're acting. And in the same way, Jesus was saying, You guys, you're not really great teachers. You're just great actors. And that's what hypocrites are. Now, I want you to think about this, that this whole 
Matthew 23 is not just about people like me, preaching and priests and pastors and teachers. No, it's for everybody. Parents, raise your hand. Are you a parent? Are you a kuya? Are you an ate? Do you have some leadership role? Listen to me. It's so easy to tell the kids, respect me. But are we respecting them? That's my point. It's so easy to become a Pharisee. That's number one. I really believe this with all my heart that, that the best mentors are templates. That's what the world needs. Evangeli Nuchandi, Pope Paul VI said this, modern people, what they need? Not teachers, witnesses. In fact, the reason they listen to a teacher is because they're a witness. And Paul, in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, imitate me. To be able as a teacher, whether you're a parent, whether you're a supervisor, whether you're an ate, whether you're a kuya, to be able to say, my most important audiovisual teaching aid is my daily life. Watch me live. The second thing that Jesus did not like about the Pharisees, number two, they were obsessed with appearance and ego. In verse 5, Jesus said, everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside. This is called phylacteries, found in Exodus 13. And they wear robes with extra-long tassels. This is found in Deuteronomy 15. I want you to know this. The reason why they had those little boxes in their, in, in their arm and on their forehead and the reason why they've got tassels is because the Bible told them to. That's why it's not enough for you to say, I follow the Bible, I'm okay. No, not necessarily. You can follow the Bible for the wrong reasons and that's what the Pharisees were doing. And they love to sit at the head of the table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. You know what? If a person, if a religious person is obsessed with appearance and image and brand and reputation, that's dangerous. I tell myself, and I, this is my goal, that my heart is my brand. I, I want that. And then number three, the third thing that Jesus did not like about the Pharisees, they prevented people from seeing God. Look at verse 13. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves, and you don't let others enter either. I was talking to a 16-year-old young guy telling me this. He said, Brother Bo, when I think about God, I think of an angry God. Because when I was growing up, my mom would always tell me, Magagalit si Lord. God's going to get angry. And so when he grew up, he had this image that God was angry. 
And then he told me with a smile, that's why I was so shocked when I walked into the feast and you were presenting a very different picture of who God is. That's number three. Number four, they majored on minor things. That's what the Pharisees were doing. In verse 23, it says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. I want you to imagine. I mean, they, they didn't know the weight. They were so scrupulous. Imagine a herb garden. Im Im imagine parsley and thyme and, and, you know, you're supposed to tithe from that. And then a Pharisee would walk by and say, Aha, hindi 10%, 8.5 lang binigay mo. And Jesus was saying, that's not it. Don't major on minor things. Think about justice. Think about mercy. Can I give you an example? I want you to imagine with me three guys debating on the best liturgy. One guy says, Gusto ko yung modern. Modern yung, yung liturgy natin ngayon. You know, English and, you know, we're okay. We, we understand each other. The other guy says, no, no, no. I want the traditional liturgy, the traditional mass. Latin, chants, the, the priest facing the altar, not on the audience. That's what's, that's the right thing. And then the third guy says, no, no, no. I want the charismatic liturgy. The one with the raising of the hands and the clapping and the dancing. That's what I want. My imagination is that God is in the middle listening to all three and then he points to a broken wounded suffering poor person and he says to the three gentlemen the best liturgy is the one that moves you to serve and love this person that is the best liturgy. Number five, I'm, I'm closing here. The fifth thing that Jesus did not like the Pharisees about is they fought God. They fought God and killed Jesus. In verse 29 and 30, it says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets. Your ancestors killed, and you decorate the monuments of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would never have joined them in killing the prophets. And yet they did. They killed Jesus. Ten chapters before chapter 23 in chapter 12, Matthew already tells everybody, and the Pharisees plotted to kill Jesus. I, I really, and you might say, how is that possible that a religious leader ends up killing Jesus? I'll tell you, if you are a religious person and you're not careful about your ego, when it becomes about your ego, the most dangerous moment of a religious person 
is when he believes his own PR. The Pharisees, they, they, they were fooling people. And they ended up fooling themselves. That's the problem. This is what scares me. Matthew 23 scares me. It really does. Can you imagine? Can I go back to the hospital playlist? K-drama example. Imagine if one of those actors was so in character. Like, like, like his role in the K-drama was he's a doctor, he's a brilliant surgeon, and he really gets into the role. So much that something snaps. And he starts believing he's a doctor. And he walks into an operating room and performs surgery and ends up killing someone. A religious person who is all about ego will not realize that he is fooling himself. And that's when religion becomes evil. Religion harms people. This is scary. For all of us, Matthew 23, we should be trembling in our knees. I'll tell you why. The Pharisees were Bible scholars, Bible nerds. They memorized this book. Well, at least the first three-fourths of this book. They, they prayed every day. And yet, they got it all wrong. And so my thought bubble is, if they got it all wrong, what will prevent me from getting it all wrong? And that's why one of the things I decided to do was every day pray a prayer from Psalms 139. Search me, O God. Know my heart. It's a daily examination of conscience. Search me, know my heart. Because I don't know my heart sometimes. It's very deceptive. And I can be fooled by my own PR. Look, Lord God. Look if there is any wickedness in me. It's a prayer that we should pray every night before we sleep. A daily examination of our conscience. Can I ask you to do one thing? To pray for me. To pray for me because I know. To, to pray for me for one thing. Purity of heart. I, I want to be pure. And if the Pharisees got it all wrong, I'll tell you why. And the reason why I'm telling you now to pray for me. And yes, I know I'm not pure. Oh, yes. Many times I've become a Pharisee. Many times I catch myself that I'm doing something for ego. 
I'm doing something because somebody's going to praise me and, and, and somebody's going to mention my name. And I catch myself doing things for myself selfishly. And so pray for me. But I say, pray for me with a smile. Because there is one thing different about me and the Pharisee. I have Jesus. And you need Jesus to be holy. You can't do it on your own. A Pharisee says, I can do things on my own. I can be holy by myself. I say, no, I cannot. That is a total impossible project. But I know Jesus is here and Jesus died for me. Can I invite you to stand up? And, and I, 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 want you to, I want you to cry out to God and say this after me, Jesus, come. I need you in my life. And I thank you that you will make me holy. If you could just raise your arms, maybe a, or, or even just lift up your hearts and just, and just tell him that you need him. That without him, you cannot be holy. And just say, Jesus. I need you. Jesus, change me. Jesus, transform me. Jesus, make me new. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.